Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. It's Tech Talk. Tech Talk Healthcare uh, live to you today. Uh, we got an exciting guest with us. Uh, and uh, as always, my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. All right. Uh, everybody knows Jay. Hey, Jay, tonight we got a great guy, a friend of yes, ours, uh, somebody that we've known for quite a while. And uh, I feel like I've got to know him a lot better over the last few years. But uh, Dr. Ray Foxworth, he is the president of Cairo Health USA. He is also a, a doctor of chiropractic services, has several clinics. Uh, he's an author. He's a speaker. He lectures. He teaches. Uh, he's a philanthropist. A philanthropist. That's exactly right, man. I have uh, I've heard those. I've been <laughs> in those talks where he's doing that. Uh, but... Uh, and I hear he's got his own private jet too. He's a rich mother. Yeah. That big. It goes with my Hot Wheels cars. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, but you hold on. You do have a huge RV, though, right? Uh, it's yeah. Well, it's, it's yes, he does. It's kind of big. Hey, it's not as big as Brad's. Oh, I don't know that. <laughs> I, you know, I got it. I got caught. I went to Ray one time at a conference and said, dude, I'm thinking about an RV and I hear you have one. What do you think? And he turned to me and we talked for about 30 minutes. Did you have to get one? This will save your life kind of a thing, you know, and, and it sort of pushed me over the edge and, and I wrote this huge check and, and now it sits a hundred, a hundred feet from here. And, uh, we've really had a great time with it, but Dr. Ray Foxworth, he's a great guy. He is, uh, he is an entrepreneur deluxe. Uh, he's my kind of a guy, Ray, welcome tonight. Uh, can you just take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself? Tell us what you're doing. Uh, tell us your aspects for the future and how you're going to change the world, man. Well, I'll certainly try. Um, I got introduced to chiropractic very early. My mother uh, worked as a chiropractic assistant from the time she was 16 on. And when she was about 25 or 30, she went to chiropractic college. And as I tell the story, I started chiropractic college in 1965. I graduated from Cleveland College in 1985. And I'm not a slow learner. <laughs> I was going to night school with my mom. So literally, there she is with Dr. Bebout every night. I'm sitting over in the corner. Little did I know, absorbing all this stuff. And um, uh, did everything else under the sun other than become a chiropractor. Uh, as I tell folks, I found all the things I didn't want to do the rest of my life. And um, I heard... What six, was the worst? Hey, Ray, what was the worst? What was the worst thing that you did? I worked in a catfish pond, and I was the guy that would go down and scoop the eggs out of the milk containers while the higher-paid guy sat on top of the Dodge Ram truck with a 30 alt 6 to shoot the alligators when they got too close. So how's that? <laughs> you know, and not very many people can say their first job involves sex, can they? Like you did. Like what? Sex. Like you started out where you were fertilizing catfish eggs. It sounds well, like. Well, no, I was coming along after the fertilization. I see. I see. <laughs> that's not the way I'm gonna. That's not the way I'm gonna tell the story. It was kind of like sloppy seconds, but even worse. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, you're blushing. But, so anyway, um, went to school and uh, the Cleveland University graduated in 85. Um, came back to Mississippi. As if you don't know, we were the second last state to license chiropractic. And uh, quite frankly, I got really pissed off whenever I came back to Mississippi. And all that I learned at school, we couldn't do in Mississippi. Couldn't do vein, you know, blood drawing, couldn't do nutrition, all of those things. It was really behind the times. 
Um, and the thing that probably pissed me off and motivated me the most was one of the first times I sent out the medical records uh, to a local doc's office and I get this call back, we don't release records to chiropractic uh, or to chiropractic, hmm. we don't work with them, call the hospital, we don't release x-rays. And um, I was blessed by two parents who never told me there was something I couldn't do. Um, I certainly can't be an NBA basketball player unless they really lower the goals a lot. But, you know, it, it really made me look at why are these people like this? And I could beat up on them like we have forever. But then I realized the real problem, and this, I love this line out of Stephen Covey's book, when you think the problem's out there, that is the problem. Really, the problem is in here. And sure. for us in here meant the profession. We never really did a good job in educating the medical profession going back for, for decades as to what we do. So brash young 30 something year old kid out of school, I wrote a 10 page letter. I pulled in all the, this was right on the heels of the Wilk case. Mm -hmm. I pulled in all of the position statements that it was now ethical to work with a chiropractor. It wasn't unethical to uh, read their films, all of those things. And I sent out this letter, I still have a copy of it today, and it basically opens up, hi, I'm Ray Foxworth, I'm a local chiropractor. Uh, you're probably wondering why in the hell are you getting a 10-page letter? And oh, by the way, I sent it FedEx, where it landed on the doctor's desk. Nice. Uh, and it went through and it just said, here's who I am, here's what we do, here's our background, here's our training, here's when you should refer to a chiropractor, and here's when you should never refer to a chiropractor. And after that went out, I got about two calls that said, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but take me off your mailing list. I said, okay, no Christmas card for you. <laughs> but I actually had within about a week's time, I had a dear friend of mine now, uh, Dr. Tim Estes, who, an internal medicine doc who had a minor emergency center, dropped, my off, dropped by the office, introduced himself, said, "That's great. I've, I've never worked with a chiropractor. I like what you had in, in your content, I had no idea, no idea you guys had that kind of training. And about two weeks later, I got invited to River Oaks Hospital to lecture to a group of orthopedic surgeons, scared the shit out of me. I mean, just, let, let's face it, 30 something years old, fresh sure. out of school. These are orthopedic surgeons, da 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 da, you know? Well, guess what? They put their pants on the same way we do. And you would be amazed. While I, I respect their talent and their expertise, they don't know shit from Shinola about what we do. They just don't. And it's not, yeah. and it's it's not, not their fault. fault. It's not it's their fault. Not they their don't. Fault. Yeah. Jay, you'll love this. To, to prep for this, I went to the, you guys know the name Arthur C. Guyton. Well, Guyton is from Mississippi. So we have Guyton's Health, uh, University of Mississippi Medical Center and Arthur Guyton uh, uh, practice there. And so I went to the medical library to see what they had on manual therapy, chiropractic, this is back in the day when they had actually library cards. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the, to the row where Renee Callier, Syriax, all those people were, I would open that book and you could hear a crack. <laughs> you know, it had never been opened, right? It had never been opened. And I was the first one <laughs> to sign the card to check the damn book out. How and funny. so the first time I got to speak to these guys, I said, you know what? There's a reason you don't know what we do. You're obviously very busy when you're in your training. And I haven't noticed any chiropractors on your staff and you damn sure hadn't read the books because I checked them out the first time. And that really is what kind of motivated me. And, and I will tell you what my goal was. 
I want to be the first chiropractor in the state of Mississippi to be on staff in a hospital. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in a multidisciplinary practice. So I had my, I've still got my list from 1985 of all the things that I wanted to see happen. And fast forward 35 years, um, within about three months after that, I was lecturing at the University Medical Center to the Department of Neurosurgery residents. Wow. Then my, my next, and stop me if I'm going on, but I love this story. No, keep going. Yeah, at six o'clock in the morning, I get invited to do grand rounds with all of the, um, the pain management, anesthesiology residents. So we're in this, you know, in this auditorium style seating. I'm the chiropractor, Dr. Ariator introduces me and I go through my dog and pony show and it, it's kind of the basic same things that were in my letter. Uh, pulled a lot of stuff from David Chapman Smith who had done a lot of research for chiropractic and, and I went through that and basically this talk was on um, because my practice was already in a spine center at this point, so it was really easy to have that conversation. It was about integrating or, or working with anesthesiologists instead of them just giving patients an SI injection or epidural, the importance of following that up with physical type of treatment because the good ones will tell you, don't ever do an injection if you're not gonna follow it with rehab. Make sure. Sense. So anyway, I lecture to this group, it's about an hour long, and at the end, Dr. Ariator comes back up. He says, oh, anybody in here? He said, I have a question. Has anybody in here ever been to a chiropractor? The room was dead silent. And then this one guy stands up and says, hi, I'm Jim. I see a chiropractor. And I'm, everybody <laughs> just dies out laughing. And I swear it went around the room, and there were probably 15 or 20 of those 70 people I've been seeing a chiropractor since I was a kid. We just didn't talk about it. Sort of like, oh, an, yeah. sort of like an AA meeting, huh? This is CA. No doubt, no doubt, man. That's pretty and funny. What was really cool about that is over time, that opened up so many doors for my practice. And we still see to this day referrals from MDs that were in those classes that I couldn't tell you who they are, but they knew who I was because I came and lectured to them. And here's what I've learned. Doctors do what they learned in school. Yep. And if they aren't exposed to us in school, that's why we see such a hard, it being so difficult to get them to work with us when they're out of school. Yep. So one of the other uh, things I mentioned is one of my goal was, goals was um, to actually be on staff at a hospital. Well, in my 35 years, I was fortunate to be pretty involved in some local politics. I got nominated uh, or appointed by um, Governor Fordyce to the State Board of Health. There'd never been a chiropractor on the State Board of Health and all hell broke loose. What the hell are you doing putting a chiro on the board? So I tend to work well with people. And yes, you I, do. I, I'm proud to say I did that six year term, then a Democratic uh, governor came in, I did another six year term and the last two years, I was chairman of the State Board of Health. Super cool. And it never, ever had happened in this state before. And those are the kinds of things that motivate me because of what I experienced when I first went into practice. But more importantly, when my mom and dad were in practice, we couldn't be a part of the country club. They wouldn't let them go to the country club. Wow. They wouldn't let my dad in the Rotary Club because of that period. Well, you got to understand, 
this was, and again, I, I know that NCMIC is about to come up with the, uh, the Contain and Eliminate series with Dr. Sportelli, and yeah. I encourage everyone to listen to that. Again, Definitely. not to beat up on the medical profession, but to understand the perspective that they have and to understand that the only reason they think the way they think is that no one has bothered to educate them since. Now, certainly we're seeing a lot more um, uh, integration and working together than we ever have. But, you know, the, the reality is when you understand that it was actually in their code of ethics that it was, or, or in their canon of ethics, that it was unethical for a medical doctor to work with, affiliate sure. with, socialize with wow. a doctor of chiropractic. What so year, it was what absolutely was a, a structured effort to contain and eliminate the profession. And what we experienced, what they experienced was nothing more than the trickle down effect of that coming from the AMA. What year sure. was that? What year was that, Ray? Um, the, the year of the, the settlement of the Wilt case or? No, when when this was going on, this was in your childhood when you like couldn't get oh, into yeah. the country club. My, my, my folks went into practice in 67. 67. Yeah, so 67 through the early 70s. Like I said, we didn't even get licensure in our state till 73. Wow. It's so interesting how like injustices motivate us. And I think, you know, a really important lesson that I think a lot of listeners can learn from you, Ray, um, that comes to mind is first your mindset. Like you, you had a mindset of taking on a, a challenge and not having this external locus of control, being like, what can I do? To make a difference, and and that's I think followed you, and I don't I don't know you earlier in your career, but I know what you do for us now, and that's exactly how you operate. And then the second piece of this is just sheer grit and determination. You know, when people don't give up and they keep going and they find solutions, they ultimately find success. And I think you're you're a model of that. Well, I, I appreciate that. It, it is interesting to go back and dig into what really motivates us, and while that. While that situation motivated me um, to get more involved or, or to start working with the medical community, um, it actually is deeper than that. Um, when my mom went to go to chiropractic college, she divorced my dad. So it was my mom and my two sisters. Um, we, she went to school, opened up in Yazoo City, Mississippi, home of Zig Ziglar. Nice. Next door, Nellie Ziglar and Eddie wow. and Freddie were my wow. uh, high school buddies. So cool. Uh, sidebar, but um, but probably the most painful day that I had growing up as a child. Um, my mom had the practice in the front of the house, and we lived in a bedroom or a couple of bedrooms in the back of the house. And I remember hearing my mom crying one night, and my sister Nancy is like, "Mom, what's wrong? What's wrong?" And she said, "Honey." I'm down to my last 39 cents and I don't know when the next patient is coming or the next, where the next new patient is coming from. Wow. That will scar you, mark you, yeah. and more importantly, motivate you. Yeah. And part of my focus has been, I never, ever, ever want to see another chiropractor have to go through that to serve people in a profession that deserves so much more. And that really has been my motivating factor um to change my world anyway brad well dude that's uh man you're gonna bring a tear to my eye dude i i tell yeah, you right? hey, that's, uh, uh, that's an amazing story listen we're up for a break we're over time here so we're going to and, and ray i hear that you're you're a little uh 
Stevie Ray Vaughan guy. So Ray Vaughan we're, we're going to go fan. out. We're going to go out <laughs> with a little Stevie Ray Vaughan. We'll see you back on in the B Block, guys. It's Tech Talk that All you're right. listening Tech to. Talk. Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast is sponsored by Cairo Health USA, a healthcare provider owned growing network of over 5,000 healthcare professionals who have already helped over 875,000 families getting the care they need with a cost they can afford. Doing the right thing for patients and healthcare providers. That's Cairo Health USA. Hey, we're here. We're, we're back. It's Tech yes, Talk with, with Dr. J. And we're also talking to Dr. Ray Foxworth today. Uh, you know, Ray, like I said, you almost brought a tear to my eye on that. Uh, uh, that was an amazing story. And, you know, I remember yep. when I was a kid growing up, uh, the uh, Dr. Reed's office in Altus, Oklahoma. He's, his son is actually still there, took the clinic over. I grew up with his other bro- his brother, David. And, um, you know, it was this little tiny office, but everybody hey, knew Brad. who it was. We're and still hearing a lot of music. Are you? Yeah. All right. Are you hearing it right? Yes. I'm okay. sorry. Hey, I was enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I Christ, don't, Christy you know. told me that Stevie Ray was one of your favorites, so I did uh, no, no doubt about it. That's Love all right. But, but, you know, that's that same kind of family story, I'm sure, resides there, too. And, uh, Brad. yeah, it's, it's just an yeah. amazing story. Jay? Yes, sir. So, hey, Ray, you have done unbelievable things in your profession, not just as a chiropractor, but certainly in creating companies that have had tremendous impact for the profession. And so I, I know the story, but I want you to tell the audience the story of how Cairo Health USA came to be. Well, I won't tell you I had a dream. What I actually <laughs> had was a nightmare. Yes. Um, as, as I tell that story, um, if you can imagine in my career, uh, seeing patients, we see patients of all different, uh, from all different payer sources, cash, workers, comp, PI, all of that stuff. Um, and historically in our profession, um, when you ask a doctor what their fee is for some, something, they can't answer the damn question because well, what do you mean? Which fee? Well, I have my PI fee, my workers' comp fee, my cash fee, my mother, father, sister, brother fee, my uncle, brother, <laughs> get one free fee. You, you, know, you know the drill. So as most every chiropractor, most every doctor uh, has experienced in practice, you have people that come in that don't have health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking care of this lovely lady, Miss Jones, and her husband and her kids for a couple of years. And you know, I'm happy, they're happy, life's good, and then Miss Jones gets involved in an auto accident. And I'll bet most of the people who listen to the podcast knows kind of what happens next. I build out my normal fees, which by default means I had abnormal fees. Um, <laughs> and a few weeks later, she gets her explanation of benefits back. And back at that time, I'm charging her 35 or $40 you know, dollars a, a visit. She gets her explanation of benefits back comes into the office. I walk into the room with one of my staff. I always have a staff member in there scribing notes. And she's just sitting there. And being cute as I am, I'm going, Miss Jones, you look like something's wrong. <laughs> and this sweet little lady that I've been taking care of, she says, she gets up, walks over to me with these papers in her hands, taps me on the chest, more like a poke, 
and says, I saw what you charge the insurance companies. I know what you charge me. It's guys like you ripping off insurance companies that keep me from affording health care. Wow. And I was speechless for about 10 seconds, which you know is a long time for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, Ms. Jones, the reality is I'm the guy that bent over backwards to help make sure you got the care you needed and could afford it. But I made a horrible, horrible mistake. I never let you know what my actual fees were or right. that I was trying to help you. Right. She, well, you can explain that to the attorney general because I've turned you in. Mm. So you've heard the saying, no good deed goes unpunished. That was a kick in the gut. Uh, long story bearable, at that particular time in our state, we didn't have rules and regulations about fees and what you charge the insurance and cash. And so it really wasn't against the law. Mm -hmm. But here's the bigger takeaway that I, I think we have to look at. Jay, you love this phrase. There is no shade of lipstick that you can put on that pig that makes it look good to a patient that you're charging 85 or $90 to insurance and 35 or 40 to them. Yep. So again, confronted with that challenge, I started thinking, why the hell is it okay for Blue Cross, Aetna and Cigna to all pay me a different fee for the exact same service, but I can't have a different fee for my cash patients, for families, for Medicare, for their non-covered services. And so I started looking into why that was the case and you know, I think everything in, in, my, in my life has kind of weaved together to help me get to the next point. And at that particular time, I was on the State Board of Health and I was on the committee that oversaw HMOs. Hmm. And I learned about contract law and contractual network discounts. So I hired a healthcare attorney. Well, I found out the way they were able to do it was the contractual network discount. So then I started looking at how can I put together a network and God bless the guys in my state. I got 60 of my buddies to all chip in a thousand bucks a piece. I formed a company. We ended up being a network actually for the entire state health plan, 195,000 wow. covered lives. And we were able to offer discounts because we were now a network. So um, that's where I found out about that, that the ability to discount was through the contractual network discount. And then what I found was most of the insurance companies are the ones that own what's called DMPOs, Discount Medical Plan Organizations. These are not insurance. They are strictly a contractual network discount. So when I contacted a few of those, man, they wanted 60 and 70% discounts. And I said, no way in hell we're gonna do that. So one of my buddies on the State Board of Health is a healthcare attorney. And I met with him and I formed Cairo Health USA we got approved to do, it took us about uh, 12 months to get approved in 12 and uh, about 26 states. And then we started hitting some states where it costs you $150,000 bond just to do business in that state because you're classified under the insurance umbrella. We're mm -hmm. regulated by the Department of Insurance. Mm -hmm. so I partnered with Aon, one of the largest insurance brokerages in the world, and we tapped in under their license to get me licensed in all the other states. And so now doctors can get paid well if insurance is available. They can keep care affordable if patients are part of the network. So all the issues of dual fee schedules, improper time of service discounts, inducement violations, all of that crap goes away if the patient's in a network and you're a provider in the network. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's truly an innovation. I mean, people don't realize that, but it is truly an innovation that has changed the game for tens of thousands of practices and millions of people across the country. Um, you, I remember talking to you at the very beginning when I first met you, and you said that you had vetted all the, all every single state attorney general had basically approved what you've created. And that's remarkable. I think there was maybe one state or something that. Well, that, that's not exactly accurate. I, I, here, here's what happened. This is fun. Get on the phone one day and call the FBI and ask for the fraud department and tell them what you're intending to do and ask them if it's illegal. All of a sudden, you start getting <laughs> other people that were friends you had didn't know you had. <laughs> so really, that was one of my first calls. I said, you know, here's what I'm attempting to do. They're done. They're they're run by DMPOs. Is there any reason a provider can't start that? And they said, here's the reality. Those are state regulated entities. Mm -hmm. and if you follow the state regulations. You don't need an opinion from the from the AG's office. So mm -hmm. I literally called them, have the conversations, have the transcripts of the conversations going back. I did the same thing with Medicare. I called Med well, one of my other hats is I served for geez, 25 plus years as the Medicare advisory rep. So I knew a guy. So he puts me in touch with the, the head of Medicare in Washington. And I call him and say, hey, y'all don't cover exams, x-rays and therapy. What about these things that we charge for that aren't covered by Medicare? And then I actually heard them say this on, on a uh, webinar one time, Jay. They said, well, those are non-covered services. We don't really care what you charge or if you charge. And I went, holy crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can't believe they said that. Yeah. The reason I went, holy crap, is I didn't understand. And what I didn't understand was it is not the job of Medicare to determine what you charge for non-covered services. Right. But it's the job of the Office of Inspector General that has the rules and regulations to protect the financial interest of the Medicare fund. And that's where the inducement, the anti-kickback, and those violations come in. So if docs say, hey, Medicare said it, they didn't charge for that, that's not your issue. The issue is the OIG, the of them all, does have an issue with it. And they will hammer you. If you don't believe it, I want to put names out there, but there's a doctor in Iowa that was a nice guy, happened to be seeing more Medicare patients than anyone else, prompted a visit for Medicare, and you know what they got him for? He wasn't hmm. charging for muscle stem because someone had told him, hey, they'd never pay for that. You don't have to charge him. And so he wasn't. And, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars later, he's settling things with Medicare. So, you know, th that's why part of our, our, our mantra is trust but verify. Yeah. So Medicare tells me you can do that. I'm not stopping there. I'm going to go on up the ladder. Uh, so while we did not have to have a federal attorney general's appointment, what we did end up doing is every state that I went into, we went by way of the state associations. And again, this is a, a strategy that I just took from running our state association. Historically, if any network came into the state, it was kill it first and ask questions later. You know, we just knew they were going to be bad for us. So I had also been involved with the Chiropractic Congress early on in my uh, uh, career. And so my decision was, I'm going to go directly to the Congress of Chiropractic State Association, and I'm going to let them know what I'm doing and have it filter down from there into the states. And I'll never forget uh, meeting with Jerry and with, uh, with Kate. Ruffalo, yeah. yep. Amy Gordon, and I told him, here's who I am, here's what we're going to do, and 
I, I, I've always tried to get back to the profession, but I knew that if this thing took off, it could really have an impact. And so that day I pledged that 50, 50 cents of every membership card that was sold would go to the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. 50 cents of the card would go to the Cairo Congress and $1.50 to the state associations. And I will tell you that that first year, I'll never forget it because me and my wife and Melanie, our VP of operations, we were so broke, we had to stay in the same damn hotel room. <laughs> no, no kidding. Um, and when I went to Jerry and Kate and said, listen, the, the sponsorship, the lowest you have is for like $17,000 a year. I don't know if we're gonna generate that this year. Uh, but I'll pledge to pay the difference. And they said, oh no, we've had people come to us before and say, hey, you help us do this and we'll pay you on the end. I said, here's my credit card. If we don't generate that, you charge my credit card. And guess what we did the first year? $17,000. No, no, hell no. I had to write a check for about $10,000. Oh, all right. You're how much? Wait, Ray, how much? 10000 the first year. 7,000 the second year, and by about the third year, we were generating enough revenue to cover the basic um, uh, level of membership that we have with the Cairo Congress. Uh, That's or, great. Yeah, with the Cairo Congress. And then over time, um, and again, I want to give the credit where the credit is due. I couldn't do anything that I'm doing if it wasn't for the doctors and the staff that are choosing to run their office the right way, eliminate the risk that they have, and that's what allows us to do all the things we are able to do for the profession. And last year, um, I think our gift to the, or our donations to the Cairo Congress, they have been for several years, over 50, close to 60,000, and another 50 or 60 back to the, um, uh, the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress, and then probably about 250,000 back to the states. And I'm proud to say we've got 45 of the 50 states that we actually have a memorandum of understanding and working agreements with, and it's it's just been that that's what helped get us on the map. Yeah, that's Amen, amazing. Brother. That is that is an amazing story. We got it. We got to take another break here, real quick, uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back uh, and sort of end up a little bit. I want to hear uh, some of the other stories because I know a few of them where you've been uh, contributing back to the profession, Ray. And again, uh, thank you. We'll be back, guys. Uh, this is Tech Talk. We'll be back shortly. Thank you very much. Tech Talk. You are listening to Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast with our guest, Dr. Ray Foxworth from Cairo Health USA. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. Hey, everybody, we're back. It's Tech Talk. We're here talking with Dr. Ray Foxworth. Ray is a man of many talents. He's been involved in the chiropractic. We've been sitting here listening to these stories. I didn't know that. Incredible. I'm, I'm glad, incredible stories. I'm glad uh, we are taking the time to interview Ray and listen, because I'm learning a whole lot more about you. You know, I see you were named Person of the Year. I, I have been at conferences and meetings where you and your wife stood up threw a big chunk of money into the arena to help start things and kick things off. Uh, you do a tremendous amount of educating. Uh, you know, we know your team members from Cairo Health uh, at the conferences. You, you spend a lot of money, my friend, helping this industry uh, 
be educated and, and uh, putting a presence there that not very, very few people are doing that. And uh, so from my perspective, kudos to you for that. I know the yeah. profession loves you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about this person of the year. I I, uh, I don't know that I ever got person of the year, Brad. You may have me. It's on your somewhere. website, buddy. <laughs> it is Ray Fox named person of the year. Really? Yeah. Maybe he named himself person of the year. Maybe that was it. That's probably my staff just up to putting propaganda on the is site. That <laughs> I know your staff. That could happen. Well, he's amazing at marketing. Why not? Right? <laughs> you hey, know, but uh, let's go with it, right? Yeah, let's go with it. Because, you know, I know there are a lot of people that I've talked with about you that th think you are the person of the year and uh, that your intentions are amazing. And, uh, you know, this in this final block, tell me tell me what you want you know, we're talking a little bit. This is a technology company. I know you've been involved and created uh, the DC events, which for those out there, if you if you've been at some of the virtual conferences, it's Ray's uh, uh, background company that's doing some of that. And uh, and I know there's a, a tremendous amount of effort that goes into that, Ray. But just touch on that for a minute, and then sort of end up with what what's your vision for the next five years? Let's say for the industry and, and things that you're looking forward to help and how other DCs out there can get involved uh, to, to push that effort forward for five years. Well, for, first of all, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement for giving. Um, I, I have, I did grow up next to Zig Ziglar's nephews, so I've absorbed a lot of that stuff over the years. And I, I remember something he wrote in his books that said, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And so I look at giving as something that uh, I give through the same hole I receive through. And in my experience, you can't outgive. Um, it, it does come back. That's not why you give. You do it because it's, it's the right thing to do. And again, I want to give the, uh, the thanks to all the doctors and the providers and Couple, you know, probably close to a couple of million patients now that are part of our network, uh, because I couldn't do any of this if it wasn't for that. But the, the thing that, that we have focused on has always from the get go with Kyra Health was if I found things in my practice that I thought would help me in my practice, and my patients, I wanted to get that out to the network. And that's why we have the, the tagline where the network that works for chiropractic. And when I say works for chiropractic, that's just not in offering a membership card. Anything that we can do to help advance the profession, I'm, 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 I'm game for. Um, and, and I would challenge that you, you mentioned challenging the other doctors. Just show up, man. Yeah. That's half the battle. Show up and, and, and be part you know, of something. Kind of paraphrase Kennedy. Uh, he said, don't ask what the country can do for you, but what you can do for the country. And I encourage young doctors when I talk to them, uh, when we do our family scholarship, that's one of the questions. What do you intend to do to change the chiropractic profession? Not what do you plan on getting out of it? Because I will tell you, if you focus on just taking out of it, you're going to you're going to miss the blessing. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what motivates us to do that. The DC events thing, you know, th this is um, you guys being tech guys, you, you'll appreciate this. Have you ever come across something that was so cool, and you thought, man, everybody's going to love this? Right. Yeah. They go no. <laughs> so, 
We, we invested along with a, a partner into a platform about three years ago that was for virtual conferences. And my thought process was, you know, when I used to run our state association meetings, we'd have the doctors that show up and need their hours, but man, what about the doctors sitting at home that might like to listen to this speaker? I looked at that as a lost revenue um, opportunity for the state associations. And, and when we first talked with them, it's like, no, man, we do virtual events. That's where we get all of our money. They had no interest in pursuing it at all. Hmm. COVID-19 yep. changed everything. everything. Yeah. Yep. And, and yep. Jay, we've talked about how our profession isn't exactly a, a fast adopter in most anything. COVID-19 made this profession, and quite frankly, the world, adapt in such a short timeline right. that we've never seen before. Yep. And so all of a sudden the associations were, they were in a scramble. Holy crap, we can't have our events. We can't have doctors in, we can't generate revenue. We can't fulfill our mission. And so when COVID happened, we had a meeting and it's like, man, you know, the associations are really struggling. We've got this platform. Why don't we spin it up? And literally within 30 days time, and again, kudos to Aaron and Christy and Keith and the people on our team and uh, Munstermans and, and Ashley and, and the people involved in it. It literally took off overnight and we've probably done eight or 10 state association events. We're doing uh, things for the Cairo Congress. Uh, I think we were gonna do one for the Clinical Compass. We've even been approached by entities outside of the profession who've heard what we're doing and they're scrambling for it. Little, awesome. little got a call from one of our contacts who does some work with the likes of Merck and GM, and they're saying their virtual platforms suck. And so they want to look at using ours. So wow. it, it really spun up quickly, and we're still learning as we go along, but it is hands down one of the most user-friendly uh, integrating platforms for the vendors. They can have a live person there. They can interact. They can chat. The, the, the classes that you attend, you can chat with the people that are in your class with you and with the instructor. Just a very, very interactive platform. So imagine Zoom on steroids. Yeah. And we have the exclusive license to this platform. And we, we, you know, we knew when the associations are struggling, the last time you want to try to send them a bill is when they're struggling. So we decided to gift this to the entire uh, profession through the end of this year. It's amazing. Uh, what we do is we do let them know what it would cost if they were paying for it. And we just have paid in full compliments of our companies. See, you learned from Mrs. Jones, right? Because you, you never told her what your original fees were. God, I'm telling them See? now. I love it. I love it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So anyway, that, that's been exciting to, to see happen. And it is absolutely 100% technology based. Um, that's great. Uh, without it, I mean, we would not have been able to pull that off. So Brad, I know we got to go soon, but before we do, can we talk about the future of chiropractic task force? I think that's a really important thing for, for our listeners to hear about. What do you think, Brad? Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I thought you asked that to Ray. Yeah. I was just getting your approval, man. No, I, don't, I don't do anything no, without getting your approval, no, brother. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, we've been hearing about this at the last couple of conferences. Tell us a little bit about the task force, Ray. That came out of two meetings. Uh, Jay and I are on the chiropractic summit, and then we were also asked to uh, kind of moderate the Cairo Congress's annual meeting in San Diego last year. And it was really interesting to see what happened on a kind of a parallel track. 
we broke up into groups in both of those groups and basically outlined what are all of our challenges that we're facing in this profession. Tuition, acceptance, reimbursement, diversity. You, I mean, we had a laundry list like you would not believe. And then we tried to hone that list down to what are the things that we that are within our circle of influence? What are the things that you know we maybe can have some impact on, but not directly? And we really honed it down to items that we felt like it, it was interesting. Every single thing that ended up on that list, we felt was something that could be solved by a full-blown strategic plan for the profession. Same thing happened in the Cairo Congress. We arrived at the same conclusion the next day. And again, there's some overlap in, in people in both of those meetings. And at the conclusion of that meeting, this was something that I personally saw as we have got, we have got to do this. We've been rock, rocking along for a little over 200 years and we're still struggling with a lot of the things that we were 10, 20, 30 years ago. And, and uh, you know, I think part of it is our own fault, but part of it is also like I challenged the, the, the Cairo Congress, you know, uh, we, we've been talking about trying to get some unity in this profession for the longest time. And everybody has their own different opinions about that. Even Jay and I do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I decided that whether we had everybody on board or not, we didn't need permission for anyone to truly put together a strategic plan. Right that truly would right. benefit the profession. And in my mind, the goal was the one thing, if we can't agree on anything else, the one thing we can all agree on is more people need to know about chiropractic and need to utilize chiropractic. So for me, the focus was we should be able to get everybody behind the effort to increase utilization and acceptance of this profession. Who can disagree with that? Right. How, You're right. how different camps might get there is irrelevant to me. But I decided to, to uh, put seed money up for the effort. We funded it with $50,000 to get it started. And within a matter of a couple of weeks time with Liz and the Cairo Congress, we had organizational meetings. We, we have a task force put together. We found three amazing companies that we interviewed. And to me, the, the telling sign was that we had found the right people. Imagine this, you put three competitors in a room and they all give you their pitch. And then you say, Hey, why don't you guys work together? Most people tell you, go to hell. You know, we're, <laughs> we're competitors. These three groups bought into it because what we saw was one group had the data gathering capability. The other had the ability to synthesize it and to build consensus. And then the other most critical piece was they had the ability to help us execute it. Yeah. So to their credit, we have the best of all three worlds that are taking us through this process. And it has simply been amazing to see uh, the level of, of engagement from the profession. I was actually reading a lot of the survey stuff today and it goes over every one of those key drivers that, that we had as concern. And the, the software that this company uses, the technology is unbelievable. So they can take a topic like, let, let's say unity in the profession and based on your age, your sex, your gender, where you live, are you vitalistic, are you mechanistic, are you integrated? It doesn't matter what your, 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 your focus is in your practice. By answering all of this, what you end up having is they're able to put all this on a scatter graph 
and really see what our commonalities are. Right, right. Because we keep talking about all the differences forever and ever and ever, and we'll still be talking about differences. They look at what are the overlaps? What can we do to take next steps to truly grow this profession? And that doesn't mean everybody, everybody's going to practice the exact same way. It's That's not right. going to happen in chiropractic. Yeah, you know, we do that same thing. I mean, we, in our analytics, we, we look at those overlapping uh, vectors and those kind of things. We're, we're, we're looking at totally different types of data, but uh, right. Jay and I are getting ready to present to uh, one of the groups here. Uh, we try to do that once a year of, uh, and it's pretty amazing when you look at how the different, how doctors are practicing different, uh, how they're billing different, how they're diagnosing difference. And we, we get down into that type of weeds. So, uh, it's amazing guys. We're running late. J uh, Ray, I want to say thanks again for spending 30 minutes with us. Uh, yeah, thanks, we appreciate Ray. it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun again. Thank you for everything that you do for the profession. I'm yes. just an outside vendor. Also, but you know, I've got a great passion, as you know, for this uh, profession and trying to help it out sort of in some of the same ways you are, not to the level that you are, right? But uh, thanks a lot. And, and Buddy Jay, man, yeah, what man. can I say? It's been a great, another, another great episode. Another great episode. You know, next week we've got a Dr. Amy Baxter coming on. And she, you know, doing my research, she's an amazing she, lady. She's, she's incredible. MD, innovator. Uh, she was on Shark Tank is yes, one of the things. So I'm really looking forward to talking to her next week. And uh, anyway, Ray, thank you very much to your staff. you got an amazing staff, Christy amazing staff. and uh, Mandy and those, those folks. Uh, you know, I love seeing them at the conferences. It's one of the things that I really miss this year uh, without the conferences is r running into your ladies. And so thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for your contributions, buddy. It's been in the Thanks, Steve Ray Vaughn. You bet. Uh, see you, brother. <laughs> see you later, man. Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast is sponsored by Cairo Health USA, a healthcare provider owned growing network of over 5,000 healthcare professionals who have already helped over 875,000 families getting the care they need with a cost they can afford. Doing the right thing for patients and healthcare providers. That's Cairo Health USA.